Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. For me, when, when, I, when I speak God's word, God's watching over that word to perform it. That's why it's so important what we say. In Luke, the second chapter in the 14th verse, you guys have heard this a thousand times probably. Glory to God in the highest. Like we can't glorify God we, we, uh, more than we should. I mean, it's glory to God in the highest level that we can. And then, and then the Bible says, and on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. On earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. Man, that's our lives when we glorify God. We're going to pray together today. And remember, the God of the breakthrough is here. God's, I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, it's God's will for you to have breakthrough today. And, and you'll say, well, A, because the word promises it. B, because I say it. The Bible says I have what I say. I get the authority that I walk in. Pastor Sandy gets the authority she walks in here. We do not take it lightly. But let me tell you, with that authority comes responsibility. So here, you're receiving this word. You're receiving the authority of heaven, the authority of God's word. But again, guess what? There's, a, there's responsibility tagged with that. And we're not, we're not here to be forgetful hearers. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know, the breakthrough you need is due to something you've tolerated. So the shoe fits, Cinderella. So what you tolerate will dominate. That's how you have to look at it. Hopelessness has to break today. Hopelessness ends today. If we can even think about overcoming in in life, we can't be hopeless. See, in, in our society, hope's a wish. Like when the world talks about hoping, it's it's wishing. Man, I I hope this happens. Man, I I I hope my team wins. I hope we're wishing. Okay, in, in the kingdom, hope's an absolute. Hope is concrete. Hope is the anchor to our soul. See, what you need a breakthrough in is an area that you've drifted a bit. You've, you get, man, sinners don't get breakthroughs. Sinners have to make Jesus the Lord of their life, and then breakthrough happens. See, so, so we as believers, you love Jesus, right? Well, when you need a breakthrough in your life financially or with your health or with, your, or, or with relationships or whatever, it's because you've drifted a bit. And what this is going to do is get you back in that lane, get you back in that place. Because, and I'll tell you, hope is based upon the resurrection. See, when we look at the cross now, we see freedom. The first century Christians, the, the disciples of the apostles of the Lamb, didn't. They saw sorrow. They saw sacrifice. They, they were bummed. They went home and hid. 
They were looking at it. Why? Because that, uh, we, we know the backstory now that he rose from the dead. So now, guess what? There's hope that's based upon the resurrection. See, in the world, our natural life gets misdiagnosed. Man, let me, let me just tell you, everything about our life, because, because the, the, the invisible is, what, is what's true, is what's forever. The visible is temporary. So, so you go in and you got symptoms and a, and a doctor diagnoses you, he's not seeing the invisible. He can only diagnose what he sees. And he uses a process of elimination to get to that point. And then he could give you the data based upon what? Based upon the world, not based upon the kingdom. See, when, when people say divorce in America is 50, 50%, and divorce in the church is 50% too. What's the difference? It's not talking about this kind of church. Divorce is not 50% here. And I would venture to say, if you're sitting in this church 50, 51, 52 Sundays a year, divorce is going to be off the table. I'm just telling you. I know it's a bold statement, but I believe it to be true. You are who you hang around. You don't build, God's not building an army here without building strong marriages and strong children and strong homes. See, before we pray here today, we've got to understand that we're praying to the God who's our father. He's our papa. Loves us more than anything. We're the apple of his eye. He's constantly mindful of us. See, Jesus qualified us to hope. I'm qualified to hope now. And it's a hope that it's based upon faith. The Bible says there's faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So the, so the order there is I'm, I'm trusting God, so I have hope. And what does that hope bring me to? God's love. What's God's love? It's unconditional. And you know something? That hope never disappoints because that love never fails. Write that down. Hope never disappoints because love never fails. See, Jesus qualified us to hope. He can reach your situation right now. What's your situation? I'd venture to say it's probably, if you need a breakthrough, it's probably hopeless. But hope is the joyous anticipation of good. Let me, let me tell you what this is. It's the, it's the crippled man begging for alms at the gate beautiful. Peter and John came up to him and he said, hey, you got a little something, something? Hey, can, can you help me out? I'm a... I'm a refugee, I'm an immigrant, I've, I've, my wife's in the hospital, whatever the sign is that they had up at that time. You know, and, and he, he's shaking his can a little bit and, and he's, he's truly just begging. And, and Peter walked up and John's like, what are you doing? And Peter looked, he said, hey, look at me. It's interesting. Look at me. The guy who led me to the Lord stood on the platform and said, look at me. And it was offensive. I thought, that's harsh. I don't think people usually talk to me this way. But, but that's what Peter did with the, man, the crippled man at the gate, beautiful. Crippled since birth. And he said, silver and gold have I none. And he's like, oh, shoot. Why are you wasting my time? Get out of the way so the next guy that's got a little bit of change can help me. And he reached down and grabbed that guy by the forearm, and he snatched him up off the ground. He said, silver and gold have I none. But in the name of Jesus, and you know what happened? His legs 
that had never held him upright his whole life, he'd never experienced that, caught him. So here he is. Visualize this in your, in your heart. Man, think about it. His feet hit the ground and his legs held him up for the first time. So what does the Bible say he did? The reaction of it was he ran, he jumped, he praised God. So let me ask you this. When's the last time you ran and jumped and praised God? You know why? There's too much dignity, which is pride. That guy didn't have any pride. He was a, he was a crippled beggar. At the gate beautiful at the temple that these guys went in to pray. And he's thinking, what do you guys, you guys keep walking by me. How about, how about a few bits? How about helping a brother out? And Peter said, silver and gold have I done in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And his legs caught. David's intention wasn't to deter Goliath. He didn't go there and think, you know, let me tell you something. I'm going to take authority over Goliath. I'm going to back him up. I'm going to tell him who's the boss. I'm going to let this go. He just said, who's that uncircumcised Philistine that defies my God? And you know what he did? He took off running at him. He reached and he grabbed his sling and he scooped up five smooth stones and he put that stone in that sling and he rifled it into Goliath's forehead. It dropped Goliath. He took Goliath's He took Goliath's sword and he lopped his head off and he picked up his head and he said, is this who who you've got to find, my God? Is this your warrior? And he went over to his brothers and he said, is this who you're afraid of? Guess what happened? Giants came in season. The Israeli army, the, the children of Israel went out and they eradicated giants from the earth. See, that's the breakthrough that God has for you. His intention wasn't to run him. His intention was to kill him. See, as we pray today, I want you to begin, as you're breathing, to inhale hope. Hope's coming in. Because see, the Holy Spirit, it's actually the breath of heaven. As I live and breathe is what the Bible says. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why? Because that breath is sustenance to our connection with God. When we're convinced of eternity... When we don't have a temporal kind of mindset of life, the worst thing that could happen to you today is you'd go to heaven. <laughs> You're not listening. Do the math. The worst, the worst thing is streets of gold. It gets better from there. When we're convinced of eternity, we allow hope to build and grow and develop us. And this I was pierced with as a leader of this house. Are we continuing to develop men and women in hope? Or is this this just how we do it? This is our culture. We want to protect the culture. No, you know what I want to do? I I want to rip the culture down, and you know what? I want to build up what God wants to do here. Because could the the pre-100-year church, uh, could it hold the culture of a 100-year church? Think about it. Because our citizenship is in heaven now. I love America. I think America is the greatest nation on the earth. I don't think there's ever been one that's like America. And, and it's built on freedom. It's built on, on liberty. No matter what you think about the spiritual or the, the, the doctrinal side of it, the spiritual side, freedom and liberty is the kingdom. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Our citizenship's in heaven 
That's actually the beginning and the end of our doctrine. What can man do to me? If God be for me, is God for you? Is God against you? Is God for you? Who could be against you? See, Jesus qualified me for a life of hope that will never disappoint. And he qualified you. Now, I want you to do this. I'm going to ask you to yield to this prayer. And almost like you'd yield to it, like when you have a headache or when you have a sore throat or you have a cough, you get the symptoms and you yield to it. I'm going to ask you to yield to this prayer. Let it have the power and thrust it's designed to have because it's from heaven. Remember, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom's come. Your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Say it with me. On earth as it is in heaven. Say it again. On earth as it, one more time. On earth as it is in heaven. God, I come against a spirit of hopelessness in this place. In everyone in this room. I'm trusting you, God, to bring breakthrough. To supply the hope that you promised with our future God's given you a future and a hope. God, the hope that you promised with our future, God, we received that. And God, I thank you for freedom, for liberty, for the moxie to take a stand. God, that we are a church of people that can take a stand. And having all to, do, to, all to stand, we stand there for. In the liberty where Christ has set us free. To live for you. For everyone here, God, to live for you. We are set free indeed, in Jesus' name. We choose triumph today. I said we choose triumph today. We overcome today. God, I thank you for revelations of eternity, for revelations of heaven, of your provision in our lives, in Jesus' name. I hasn't seen nor heard nor has entered in the heart of man. God's promised you everything pertaining life and godliness. You need a revelation of his provision. God's will is health. God's will is deliverance. God's will is breakthrough from all the traps and all the bondages of life. John 8, 36 says, if the Son has set you free, you'll be free indeed. No longer a servant of bondage. Let me tell you what that is. That is breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Galatians 5.1 says, stand fast therefore in the liberty for which Christ has, has made us free. And don't be entangled again. Don't be entangled again. That's breakthrough. Man, you get caught in a trap, we help you get out of that trap. But guess what? Now God I, helps you identify that trap in the future. You don't get caught in it again. For whom he foreknew, these he also predestined. Not predestined to tragedy, not predestined to trauma, not predestined to lose a baby, not predestined for your grandmama to die, not predestined to lose a, a leg in battle, not predestined to have a car wreck. No, he's predestined for us to be conformed to the image of his son. That other stuff is a doctrine of demons. If you think God is in anything that's bad, you're wrong. He's a good God, the devil's a bad devil, every good and perfect thing comes from above, and nothing else. That he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. 2024, God's called you, it's go time. I, I'm telling you, it's go time. I'm, I, I, we, I, I heard a message years ago that is so freaking 
soft. So I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't even want, I, the, the guy got up and he said, we are not human doings, we're human beings. I thought that is the weakest, softest, I can't, I can't, st- I don't even want, I, I got to, I want to spit now, I got a taste in my mouth from that. We've got to do the work of evangelists. We've got to go. And, and you'll say, well, I'm not sure what to do. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what to say to a prisoner. You, you know, or, or, uh, uh, somebody incarcer- incarcerated. Well, let me help you out. You know what he told Abraham? Abraham didn't know. And you know, God said, go and I'll show you. Moses. Moses made every excuse in the, in the world. And you know what? God said, go and I'll be with your mouth and I'll teach you what to say. God's got, God's got a big flash, flashing green light in front of you that's go. Romans 8, 30 says, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. Do you see the progression here? God knows you. God knew you and God knows you. God knew me when he called me. None of you guys would have called me. I wouldn't have called me. Because I'm predestined, I'm ordained to be transformed, to walk in his call on my life. God has predestined you to walk in a call that's greater than anything, that's a better lane to run in than anyone out there. It's a greater life than anything else. And I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to a benchmark pair of verses that you guys have heard a thousand times. Don't get tired of hearing Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it's going to sum this up, and I'm going to close with, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your mindset, that you may prove. You're like, man, I got nothing to prove. Bull, the word says you got this to prove. The good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in your life. Jesus didn't say, go pray for the sick. He said, go heal the sick. Jesus didn't say, hey, go try to bathe the lepers. No, go cleanse the lepers. How do you cleanse the leper? It's got to be from the inside. How do we do that? We trust God. We walk in his call. We run in his lane. See, that's what you've got to do today. How many guys want breakthrough today in your life? No, for real. Let me know. How many guys want breakthrough? Here's what you got to do. You got to get in God's lane that you're running in your life. I remember, and I'm going to close with this. I went to Bible school. I was a brand new Christian. I didn't know a thing. I didn't fit in. I didn't want to be there. I didn't like anything about it. I'm sitting there, and this, this little old man was sitting next to me. And I remember the, the, the teacher got up, and he, he, he said a verse. I think it was 1 Thessalonians. And I'm looking and looking and looking, and I'm thinking, I can't find it. Why, why, why give me book and chapter and verse? Why don't just give me page number? And that the little man looked over at me and he said, there's a table of context. Contents. And I said, oh, table of contents. So I looked at the front and I found the page number and I went to it. And I said, hey, thanks for that help. He said, no problem. He said, how long have you been a Christian? I said, uh, I don't know, a month. I was probably exaggerating. And he said, uh, he didn't say, what are you doing here? Like most people did. When they said, how long have you been a Christian? I'd tell them, and they'd say, what are you doing here? 
Is there a call in your life? I'm like, I don't know. What, what's the call in your life? I don't know. I'm just going to love God. And that, that little old man said, how long have you been a Christian? I said, oh, like a month. He said, you know something? I'm 75 years old. I was a Baptist pastor for 50 years. I retired. They gave me a rocking chair for my retirement, and I, they put it on my front porch. He said, man, I looked at that rocking chair. I thought, man, that rocking chair is awesome. I went and sat in him. God spoke to me. He said, you ready to get started? So I'm asking you, are you ready to get started? No more excuses, no more explanations. Let's just dadgum go. He'll show us. Let's go. He'll be with our mouth and teach us what to say. As you go, preach. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.